Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Caro. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We've also got our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, and review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. It's uh, welcome to 2023 at the Sipping Social Podcast. Hi, hi Garrett, hi Johnny, hey Mike, hey John. So hey Garrett, hopefully everybody's 2023 is getting off to a, a great that? start. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> hopefully everybody's 2023 is getting off to a great start. Uh, we know that we have started our year off with a bang, done some really cool stuff, and we cannot wait to talk about it. Some fantastic stuff to talk about. Before we get into that and all the weirdness that we just went through, uh, what are we sipping on, boys? What you got, Johnny? I got myself a nice old-fashioned that you poured for me so graciously. How's it tasting? Oh, it tastes delicious. Good. Buffalo Trace in there? Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. I didn't have any oranges, and the lemon uh, zest that you put in it was uh, actually quite tasty. Nice. The, the essential oils work out very well. It's on a you. great substitute. It's a really good substitute. Or, uh, or a, lot people do that, a lot of people do that uh, instead of the orange. Or together, yeah, alongside the orange, like the primo at social. Come on down to sipping to the social at uh, the Burger Social and get a primo old fashioned. Gary, what are you drinking? I got an old fashioned that you made too, but we got the I instead of buffalo the the uh, the Ezra pick we did. Love that it's stuff. It's so good. It's really good. I'm I'm sipping on the same thing and it's fantastic. Nice and fresh old fashioned to start off 2023. Cheers. Cheers to our listeners. Cheers, boy. And uh, let's have a great year. Let's go. Let's go. I wasn't totally sold until right now that Mike can make a really good old fashioned. <laughs> that was the third one I've ever made. So hopefully it's good. Hopefully the first two were terrible and you got the good one. <laughs> um, anybody who's been at the Burger Social in the last week and a half, well, last week, uh, has heard me tell probably a plethora of stories about being in Colorado. Uh, fortunately, the three of us got to go to Denver, well, Fort Collins and Denver for three and a half days essentially. Um, I was telling people it was a work networking and podcast networking trip because we were doing we were doing a little bit of everything right yeah so um the three of us flew to denver right before the snowstorm that just hit out there uh we spent a day in in pretty much a day right in fort collins spent a month and three days in colorado (laughs) we did a month's (laughs) worth of stuff in three days in colorado definitely felt like forever but day one uh eric the the rep from old elk picked us up from the airport Took us up to Fort Collins. We went to the tasting room. Yep. Fantastic. Got some lunch. Got Had some, some pours. Saw the production line in the facility. That was pretty cool. It was cool. Unique. Yeah. The How they make their bottle tops is super intricate. I, I, I didn't even put that on there. It was crazy. I mean, like... We spent, like, literally 25 minutes talking about bottle tops. Bottle tops and taking pictures and yeah. videos, and they had, like, a press that they were putting everything together. Yeah, so the old elk bottle top looks like if you were to take an elk horn and slice it in about an inch thick and put it on top of a whiskey bottle. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. it looks like. And what, they have a really unique process there where there's one woman who takes these um, molded plastic caps that look like an elk horn. And uh, she puts it in this machine. She lines up like probably like 50 of them on a flat table. All in the same direction. All in the same direction. So if I you tried look- looking at them, trying to figure out which direction they're supposed to go in, and I like they all, all f- 
four corners. Yeah, or the, four the, sides the ridges, the, the ridges of an Elkhorn, you would assume would be like kind of like very unique, very symmetrical. Um, yeah. But when you look at the actual bottle top of the old Elk bottle, there's kind of like this small, tiny little larger groove. Yeah, and that's their indicator of what direction that they have to position the bottle top on this compression machine. Right, and she's doing it all one-handed with one hand behind her back. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Which is wild. So she aligns the, the caps on this flat surface, and then the actual texture and label name the, on top the, the, of the, the, the uh, print. cap, the print, is printed on this uh, specific sheet of plastic um, sheeting that she lays perfectly over those caps that she already laid out, sends it in this machine, it heats, it vacuum seals the print, the label on top of these caps yeah but it's it's an incredible but vacuum seals in such a way that like you can't scratch it you can't ding it can't peel it off yeah you can't peel it off like it's it's permanently on that thing forever and it's a super cool process to see and the 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 master or the distiller there uh was telling us about it and he was telling us all these technical terms and i had no idea what he was talking about but it was really cool to see in person and there's like one lady who just sat in a chair like installing the glue to the cork to the cap do you remember how many caps he said that they were making a day I know they were doing about like fifteen hundred bottles a day. So he was saying that she was making anywhere from thirty five hundred to four thousand caps a day. Oh, so neither, oh my gosh! They're producing more bottles than I thought. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And yeah. there was like she could only position like four. Well, no, because there was like it was it was we should know that we're pictures we're ta- on there. We're talking about the the second woman who oh, was actually, was, putting was actually the, pressing, pressing it on there. The cork yeah, she on could only top. get four on there at a time. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, they were doing thirty five hundred to four thousand bottle taps a day. Makes me feel really bad about like how much production I do every day versus how much what they just did every day. Yeah. That that team was like cranking it out. It seemed even though it was a small space for like a distillery, we've yeah. been in much bigger spaces. They were putting some serious work and utilized that space very uniquely. And at the same time, um, they had some expansion going on right next to them where they're going to actually have their own tanks. So three warehouses tanks. lined up next to each yeah. other, and like one was under construction, and two were like kind of under construction. So they're going to be growing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They're and, growing. and how was the whiskey at Oak, Old Elk here? Did you enjoy any of that? No, it was all terrible. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so cool. They had two barrels laid out for us that we could just pop the bungs and try, and then they had a cognac finish barrel that we got to drink really tasty really good oh my gosh and then so good and then me being the question master i started asking about other barrels and they just grabbed the forklift and moved some barrels around we popped a couple other barrels it it was what was the candy shop the thing that we used to take the bung out what's that tool you oh i have no idea that was pretty cool right we have three videos. Each of us got to do it. Mine was by far the worst because I had Yours no was idea the longest, it, for well, sure. I don't know why you kept it was recording. Like you should have just hit pause or something. Minute and a half. Yeah, like just, a, if we ever 10. show it to you, just fast forward to a minute 10, and you'll see the last 20 seconds, and that's the good stuff. It looked like a hammer that had a screwdriver inside of it. Yeah. So like you screwed down into the bung, and then you and then you ripped the whole thing off. Ripped it out. Garrett, so did, Garrett did pretty good. Johnny's was badass. Mine was just piss poor. Um, but... That facility was badass, and they literally let us try whatever. They had, um, so I never thought of this. When you buy a single barrel, there's eventually the last six-pack. It doesn't all come out to even bottles. So they had like. Very rarely. So they had, they had like half bottles, three-quarter bottles, even like quarter bottles filled on the back bar in the tasting room that they couldn't sell because they're not full bottles. Right. So we get to try Several other people's single other, barrel picks. Other people's single barrel picks, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. That, I mean, besides the whiskey being great and, and them like showing us like the utmost uh, hospitality, Old Elk out of Fort Collins. Was they were dynamite. so nice. Really nice. Whiskey bar in Fort Collins. If you're in Fort Collins and you stop. like whiskey, it's a must stop. 
3,000 plus active bottles that you can order from. Yeah. Second largest in um, the United States. In the United States at a bar. There's one in like Washington, D.C. that has like yeah. 5,000 plus. We talked about bottles. that once in the podcast. I thought before. we talked about I the one in Seattle up. that was like massive. They had like the. I, I thought it was the same. I thought, it was, I thought it was talking about the same place. But uh, maybe e- not. Either way, that's just a lot of whiskey. Yeah, really. Just like every wall has shelves on them in yeah. the whole restaurant. Yeah. Owner was really cool. Um, check it out. I, if we go back to Fort Collins, we're going to spend the whole day there, right? I mean, as long as we can. As long <laughs> as I'm standing. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Wednesday morning, we go to Law's Whiskey House and get to like set up our podcast stuff. Johnny brought all the podcast stuff out. but my, No, he brought everything out there. And we set it up in the Rick House right amongst the barrels. We got a lot of cool picks. We got some fun, fun uh, snippets and sound bites we're going to throw in later. The customer of the week is people who pay cash and then use a card and tip on the total of the card and not the whole bill. Yep. We'll dive deep into the details of that when that comes up after we've had lots of drinking and can get it off our chest. Let's go. Let's talk about the live show real quick. We have our next live show is going to be on February 21st, Tuesday. Tuesday uh, night. We're going to actually, the, st- the show is going to start at 7 o'clock. We're recommending dinner reservations at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. Uh, the ticket price is $50. It went to, uh, went up 10 bucks. There's uh, supply chain issues and inflation yep. issues. Glass and, um, shortage. And actually, Garrett's uh, cost for running the podcast actually went up, so we gotta we got to pay him a little bit more. Listen, I got kids to feed, all right? Hollywood G. He's got to pay the Hollywood. <laughs> We've kind of talked about who's going to sponsor us. we got some great things lined up. We're uh, in the midst of that. We will have all the details for that the next time we get there. We, uh, we get together. Um, but we're going to add a couple things on, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely limited seats available. We've already sold eight tickets as of today. So contact Garrett or John or myself uh, if you know us, and I think you do if you listen to this. Uh, we'd love to have you. It's a good time, and we have lots of fun. I promise it won't suck. You're not going to have a bad time. No, but the 50 bucks is more because you're getting more. Yeah, we're, we're adding yes, on to actually, what not was... not actually going to my pocket, it, just so we're clear. So we talked about that, like the first um, live show we did, we didn't really know what we were doing. Second live show, we kind of had a better gist of it, but it was like 80% was like return listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of that. So if you've been there before and you know what you're getting for the 40 bucks you had before, I think for $10 more, you'll, you'll like what we're when you're getting more to put out. Yeah. yeah. Now this is uh, a first for the podcast as far as beer goes, right? We've been given lots of good stuff to talk about and try. Garrett brings lots of good stuff on. Johnny's been known to, to bring some good stuff on. Yeah, My once. beer is once <laughs> the beer is, is usually pretty good, but our, uh, one of our favorite listeners and most loyal listeners is Chuck uh, Jarvis. I don't know. Should I say his full name? Just Chuck? Yeah. yeah. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Fee. Chuck what? Chuck Fee. Chuck Fee? Yeah. Okay. Don't say, don't say C Chuck Vargas. Chuck J? It, oh, it's Jarvis? It's Jarvis. Oh, it's Vargas. Yeah. Chuck J. Yeah. All right. So we got to give a shout out to our boy Chuck, uh, one of our loyal listeners. He brought, hand delivered this beer from Granada, Spain. Um. He was telling me about how any place you go to, it's a staple, so it's like their PBR or not like hipster style, but like it's their staple beer in Granada. Uh, and he said that you have to drink this beer really cold. So, Chuck, I just want you to know, I just pulled these two beers out of the fridge. I'm going to pour uh, three equal samples as Garrett gets the mic ready for the, the sound effects as I failed on the whiskey. Oh, there we go. That's solid. And um, he brought me a couple of these before, and I got to drink them. They were delicious. I'm really excited to, to have this beer with you guys. It's unique. 
It's special. You definitely can't buy it in the States. So I oh no, actually he did say it's distributed in the States, just not in this area right now. Uh, but it's an amber lager from Granada, Spain. Alhambra's Reserve 1925. The last one was way better. Way better. Way better. Mike, so, can you talk about the uh, package design you uh, were enjoying? <laughs> so it comes in a green bottle. Uh, and dark, like super dark. Super right? dark green bottle. Uh, there's no label. It it's smells like European beer. It, it smells pretty good. It smells like a lager, very potent lager, but I think we should try it and then we'll talk about it. But you're saying like the, um, it came in a six pack, right? It came in a six pack, a cardboard six pack. Imagine like a 12 pack of Stella Artois coming in a cardboard, dark green, great packaging. It had um, kind of cool lettering. Uh, there was offsetting colors, all different color greens, and uh, it looked really good. And the bottles, are definitely unique. They almost look like old timey to me, yeah. All, like something you would see that like out of a whiskey f- or like a, a western film or something. But if you buy a bottle of Coors Light, like all the design is on the outside of the box. They right. ha- they actually had a pattern on the inside of the paper carton. Fancy that these the six packs came in, like almost like a like a wallpaper looking like yeah almost like a celtic design it inside looks, it looks too fancy for being like a everyday like, nobody sees that until they tear it apart <laughs> to put it in this recycle bin that, apparently that's how the spanish breweries uh how much attention to detail they put Wonder, into their wonderful. packaging wonderful but i think the bottle looks really cool it's all um what's designed like into the bottle because the lab- there's no label yeah there's no like impression and then there's like a whole like paragraph on the back yeah. that you can't even read no matter what the lighting is um, based do, on the history of the beer, I do like European bottles because they're the eleven ounce, so they they, mm. they 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 look smaller. Like you feel like you're drinking less, even though it's like one ounce less, uh, and it, like it fits in your hand a lot better. I would I would say that this bottle, um, looking at it right now, it was probably manufactured like a couple months ago, right? This bottle looks like a bottle you would find like way up in the mountains at some like mining town, and you think it's like from the forties. But it's not. Yeah. It's like that kind of design where it's like this really cool thick bottle, all these different impressions on it. Old timey. Cool script on it. Old timey feel. Yeah, it's like something like someone like who collects used beer bottles would have on their collection. Yeah. But it was made four months ago. Sir, that was made in (laughs) January. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This beer is delicious. It's really good. Like I want. He was telling me that it's like the it's like the patio crusher. Like it is a patio in, crusher. In Granada's, like where they go get tapas. I would shotgun like, one of these. Dude, it's fantastic. It's got good flavor. I, I think it's only 4.8. I can't believe I didn't put the stats up there. I definitely looked at it. Did I delete those on there? I think it was 4.8%, uh, but it's really good. It's got great color. Um, I almost liken it to like a light Vienna lager. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not, it, doesn't, it has that same flavor profile, but it's not as robust. This is crushable. I think it's delicious. I'm going to give it a 7.75. That's a high beer rating for me for something light. I think it's really good. Thanks, Chuck. I'm giving this a eight and a quarter. I want to drink this. I want to drink four of these with a whiskey back while playing video games in my basement. So for me, I think um, the bottle design, the impressions on it, the casing of it, um, the taste of it, the nose of it to me, like it's a little off-putting. It kind of has that like... It smells like Europe. Little, foot, know, little footy. Little footy. Yeah, but, when, but when you drink it, it is super refreshing. It's really refreshing. I can see why you want to have this cold. Yes. Because of that footy. Yeah. Super refreshing. I, I give that. this 
Wait uh, for it. All right, oh my here God. it is. Johnny, about to drop the hammer. For a crushable, amazing beer. That you can't get. That you can't get. Nine <laughs> oh. What? Dude, I can drink this all day. It's what? so good, isn't it's it? It's so good. It's really good. Yeah. All right, well, out, there's four I more beers that. in the fridge. You can have one of them. I mean, <laughs> four, three of them. <laughs> three of them. I'm taking Dude. one home. It's good. Dude. Johnny gets two, and I get one. It's like you're not even drinking. Like I don't want to say you're not even drinking anything because you're drinking something. It's really good. But you could crush these. I don't feel yeah. like I'm drinking beer. I feel like I'm just drinking this like flavor Chuck, hydration. Chuck, Take a mental note of this while you're listening to this while you're mowing the lawn. Or shoveling the driveway. Or shoveling the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's cool about it is, that, is it has that like European Lock nose on it. But then when you drink it, it's like, boom. you just like, I'll have a fucking nother. <laughs> that should be their uh, their slogan. Like if you walked into a bar and you were like <laughs> thirsty, like, man, I really need a beer. And you ordered one of this these. This is the one. You're ordering a second one in under three minutes. Because it's already gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It's a solid beer. And it's Let's def- go. Definitely making the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this won't be a lost recording. Right, sweet. We've, we've had several of those. All right. Let's move on. We, to we the, don't talk about that. Let's move on to the next segment because I'm pretty excited about this one. Have you guys ever met a gal named Dry January? No. no. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. <laughs> Never met her. <laughs> so it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people at social uh, getting into Dry January, but... There was a couple last week that was in that said that they were there for damp January. Mm. Um, I I've not heard that before. Have damp? You, yeah. Have you heard of that? No. What is that? You cut yourself off like two drinks short. What does that mean? They just said they're drinking less than what they normally drink. So it's not All dry right. and it's not wet. It's I don't know. I don't know how you regulate that for thirty days. I think that's just rationalizing the fact that you don't want to give it up. Yeah. So but if you're making a conscious decision to hold it back. What's wrong with yeah, that? Maybe you don't have a drink before you go out. Or when you get home. So according oh, yeah, to that, that's, 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 that's the, the, the one, one the not. one when you get home is the one that's dangerous. Yeah. According to that, I've had a full faucet flowing January. <laughs> <laughs> so congrats John's, to me. I've had a flood of my basement type ja- of January. <laughs> yeah, John's showering in January right now. <laughs> shower January. <laughs> those those three and a half days in Denver was a shower, just a full on Yeah, that was enough. Yeah, that was enough. But uh Let's go. Let's do some whiskey. Let's Are you upset whiskey. about that? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm actually not. We got Laws, San Luis Valley Straight Rye Whiskey. It's bonded, which means that we've been over that about a thousand times. If you don't know what bonded is, go back and listen to another one or Google it. Uh, go um, back to the last podcast, episode yep. 56. We talk about bottled and bond. Basically, it's at least four years old, 100 proof uh, at the same Rick house uh, from one gross season. Anyway, so uh, I don't think I've ever had anything seven years from them before, so this is good. So every year that they uh, they're every year that they're around, they produce whiskey that is older. And what's interesting about them is that when they uh, last year's batch of bourbon and rye was a blend of about like seventy to ninety barrels, and now that they've grown so much and their production facilities production facility has gotten better, they're blending somewhere between like a hundred and hundred thirty barrels. So when I hear that, I think that the general product that they're putting out is going to be a little bit better. So like a lot of times with like these craft distilleries, you try it once and you don't like it, and then it's like forever scarred in you. But they're a lot of them do evolve. Uh, like we talked about earlier, it's uh, all the grain is grown uh, locally uh, through specific farmers that uh, they work specifically with. I'm doing my own, my own sound effects over here. Mike's hands are steady and not helping. 
That's a heavy well, that's pour. A, that's a Garrett pour. <laughs> it's like that's a, a Garrett pour. A plate like glass pour. Jesus. Oh my god. That's good. So so Mike was focusing I, on uh, what he was gonna say about the actual. I give myself like maybe like a one point seven five ounce pour. Your your Mike's yours yours close to one ounce. One okay. One and a quarter thank maybe. You, thank you. Yeah. So uh, it's yeah, it's <laughs> their similar very right, which is the which which leads to the where where it's from, like that part of Colorado. Um, I have not had this before. I've had their San Luis Bay Rye before, but not the seven-year. So cheers, boys. Should we take a selfie and send it to Brian cheers. right now? This makes for good radio. Really good radio. I think I'm looking. It looks like I'm uh, making out with the, the mic over here. No, it's great. Cheers, cheers, boys. I can't wait to try this. I don't think I made that photo, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. He's got the hat on too. <laughs> we'll d- all right, we'll do one so afterwards, hey, and I'll send so it. So while we're drinking, while you're drinking this and thinking about it, um, mm. this guy named Ad, he was, uh, he like um, bought and sold like oil commodities for a long time. Made his made his millions doing that, and decided that he didn't want to do that anymore. Which I don't blame him. It sounds awful, and uh, started this distillery that uh, he believed uh, making whiskey how he believed. Generally, it's a little bit malt forward. A lot of their bourbon and rye are considered a four grain, which means they're using all four grains, corn, rye, barley, and wheat. Um, they're still following the rules of bourbon and rye, making sure that 50% are either bourbon or are either corn or rye. Um, but they did, they did something that a lot of like craft distillers don't do. They didn't like make a vodka or a gin or like, like source of rum to like, keep the lights on for the first couple of years. They just, made whiskey for two years, kept 11 people on staff with 100% loss because they weren't bringing any in, any sales in, which I think is interesting. Um, I, think it's, I think it's interesting to note. I, I think that based on what you just said and when you guys get to hear the interview from AD, that they were really hyper-focused on what they wanted to do, and that was only sell whiskey. Right. And they had to hone the craft and really learn the lay of the land based on who right. they were working with and stuff like that. Um, I think he said he only f- like dumped like like under 30 barrels of product like that was, wasn't good enough to like put in anything there you go which is kind of kind of crazy yeah i'm pretty sure if i started one and we're I'm dumping more than 30 out of how many though i mean what's who, the what's the percentage well in the beginning they're only making one barrel a day and now they're up to they said like 200 a month so they've they've upped their production i think they re they reorganized their entire dist- distillation like warehouse room three times when you were talking to the owner, and we'll hear that interview coming up, um, you talked about <clears throat> that c- sort of crisp apple uh, note yeah. that was f- forward in a lot of their whiskeys. There, um, can you d- can you explain a little bit like why that is? Their whiskey has that more forward because yes. I don't. I've never really sort of tasted that. Sure. Yeah. Before, so and I, I'm just kind of curious why that they. So in a lot of whiskey, like they're. You get sweetness from a couple different, for from a couple of different ways, right? Whether it's the yeast or the massive amount of corn or the charring of the barrel, um, they uh, they are really like fond of having like a grain forward whiskey, which I think can be off putting for people who like are in super in love with Kentucky bourbon, which is like very much more oak and vanilla forward. Mm. Um, I think that crisp apple comes from the them being grain forward and like a lot of scotches you drink that are a little bit on the sweeter side you get like the the like the, the apple fruit will come forward I um I'm trying to think of one that offhand uh yeah I just usually I, you catch it in like like a 7 or 8 year scotch 
Yeah, I just think that um, their their whis- their whiskey is is unique to anything that I've really tasted recently, and um, I I do agree that it's more like that crisp apple mm-hmm. sort of taste forward. I don't know if I like it yet. Sure, I mean I'm, it's okay I'm, not to. I mean, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying it, but yeah. I don't know if like I would prefer it. I think I get that more in the bourbon than I do the rye, although I do catch a little bit of here. So I th- I'm assuming it has something to do with the the grain. Uh, because I catch it in, in both, I get it more in the bourbon than I do in the rye. Uh, this does have a nice little sweetness to it, though. It does. Because a lot of rye, you think of like a little more peppery. Yeah. Um, just in general. Um, yeah. Are you enjoying I, it? I, I really like this. I think it's really tasty. Um, the spice is forward, and then you get that crispness at the end, but there's not much of a Kentucky hug like we always talk about. No, it's it got a short ends, finish. ends like pretty quickly. Um I missed the pr- I missed the proof. What proof? It's bonded, so it's a hundred proof. Hundred, okay. Um, not a lot of like texture on the mouthfeel for after. You know what I mean? It's like a it's got a short finish. Short it, finish, right? Yeah. But I mean I sometimes that's different for me in my throat than it is like the mouthfeel. Okay. Oh, so mouthfeel is short too. Mouthfeel is short, yeah. Kentucky hug is short, um, but good flavor. Uh I will say this the barrel that we picked out that's coming to the restaurant group mm-hmm. is is softer than this. On the palate, agreed. Um, it's a definitely lower proof and yeah. has other, you know, grain forward aspects. But um, I'm really enjoying this. this yes, we good. picked a 95 proof bourbon, and this is a 100 proof rye. Yeah. So, Johnny, enjoying it? Yeah, like I said, I'm I am enjoying it. It's just like a unique, a unique flavor to it. The 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 95 uh, bourbon that we picked is, I believe, that light years. Ahead of this that we're tasting right now. Oh, that a boy! Yeah. I also agree with that. Yeah, it was really good. I tried. It was the, cool to try them side by side with the cast strength and then the ninety five proof. Not, not to like brag or anything, but I tried the the cast strength bourbon before I came here, and it, um, while it was kind of good, this is the one we picked was way better. And then I tried the cast strength one of the rye barrels that we did not pick, <clears throat> and those I thought those were pretty tasty too. It definitely at the, the the cast strength. What was so cool to see the nuance between in its original form cast strength, and then they proved it down to ninety five, and then trying them side by side, and how much it changed when you there were different whiskeys. You could tell me different, different barrels. Yeah, absolutely. So the rise I loved at the cast strength. They were really good. Um, and then when we proved them down, I was like, eh, yeah, that's, a, that's okay. Yeah. And then we tried the bourbons, and it was the opposite. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I didn't really like the cast strength. Then we put the water in there, and then they had. Oh, we didn't talk about this, the wave stave. Oh, yeah. we picked So the barrel we got had a wave stave. We picked the other one. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. We picked the other one. And, and so the wave stave is a different oak stave that is has waves grooved into it. It's the same, so it, same oak stave. They just they just cut it differently. Right, but it doesn't have that like crocodile char like you talk about. Yeah, it looks like um, like a really condensed version of like a tilling of a field where yeah. it's like a, a bunch of like maybe like eight or nine different like little humps in it that, yeah. went, that, that went the entire length of the stave. So it, at See, first we liked it. a little the, gimmicky to me. Yeah. It does add more surface area. So there is something to that. Hmm. Okay. There's, so we, there's more access to the oak inside. We didn't pick that one. It was good, but not as good as the one we picked. Right. So that's that's where our palate went. And, and honestly, one, one of the things I'm proud about us for is that we had a several that we liked, and we kind of separated our personal preferences and picked a barrel that we think the masses, most of the people that come into Social and Maze and, and our restaurants are going to enjoy. 
which is which is one of the harder things to do because you can't I, I can't I'm not buying the uh, you're not buying 180 bottles for yourself. Yeah, there is like a catch 22 on that, right? Like yeah. you like you want to be true to yourself and 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 if people are following your picks and like buying barrels or bu- buying bottles of barrels that you're picking, um there should be some, some sort of like theme to it or like this guy picks a bunch of cherry notes, this guy picks a bunch of villain notes. Like I, I know what, I know what I'm getting when I try the barrels. Um we definitely thought more about the general consumer on this one than we did on our own. So there's there's like there's like a catch twenty two on that. Like you want to be authentic to yourself, and like you want to pick something that you absolutely love. And then yeah. if you love it, you should be able to sell it because it's easy because you love it. Um, I do love the barrel we picked. I just think that we picked one because we think that a lot of people is gonna like this one. Yeah, a lot of people are gonna love it. Yeah, perfect. Enough to buy a bottle at least. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm digging on laws right now, man. It, it's t- it's tasty. It's this not is really good. I this is way better than the San Luis R- Valley rye that we have at Maze right now. You want to give it a rating? What would you do with it? Um, I'm I'm buying two for my house. Ooh, nice. Uh, I'll I'll abuse one, and then the second one I will <laughs> uh, abuse. Like, what do you mean? Like, like I'll I'll keep drinking it until I need to go to bed. Your clothes will be on, right? When. Otherwise, Dan will be over there in <laughs> yeah. a jiffy. Yeah, are we sharing? A, are we sharing a room whiskey? again? <laughs> uh, and four more inches. I, I, yeah, I shared a hotel room with John. We the, will not share the picture of Garrett and I spooning. Why? Uh, Mike has that picture. I have that picture. Our clothes, are on. Our clothes are on. Um, <laughs> I would. I would buy two of these, and I would drink one really quickly, and I would drink the second one slower. Cool. Ready? And I would give it a. I feel like it's a sweeter rye, so like if I'm doing like the sweeter rye genre, I'm gonna give it a seven seven. Cool, Johnny, what you got? Yeah, I'm in like more like the seven point five range, and uh, weird. I would, I would get another like couple pours to um, really assess. It it does have a. a <laughs> you need to wait till your fourth pour of this to I, give I it a real accurate. It's not on the second <laughs> sip; it's on the fourth pour. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Chatty seven five, yeah. and so you, uh, so he needs, four, he needs well. three more pours. Yeah, Give him a couple more fingers. Line it up. I mean, it's done. I drank it. Oh, you want some more? Lovely. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Awesome. It's your bottle. Um, cool. I guess I would have another pour. <laughs> there we go. And it couldn't be any more proof than right now. I'm a. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pour this over the cube that I have right in front of me, oh, and I'm going to take one more sip, and then I'm going to give it a final, final rating. Boom! Don't tell Brian that you. Pour it into your right. old, old fashioned glass. So pre pouring it on the cube, it was a seven seven five. I'm copying Garrett on a cube. Open the flavor with one little sip. It's an eight point two five. Um, I really like that the the water was able to open up some of the flavors, and it's not as malt forward as the first couple of sips that I had. Grain forward, if you will. Yeah, it's delicious uh, as it is. I'm giving it an eight point two five, and I think it's really good. Thanks, Brian. Man, this this bottle is really tasty. Also, like a quick, really quick, if any of you guys ever find out that like AD is going to be anywhere and you get to be able to meet him, 100% go talk to that guy. Dude. He is so down to earth. I was kind of intimidated by so how nice. down to earth he was. He was and wearing, I was like trying not to like flirt with him. He was wearing like gym shoes, like bad sweatpants and a, and a, and like a windbreaker. And he's the owner of the place. I mean, he can wear whatever he wants, right? Well, I love how he like, walked in and they're like, do you want some whiskey? He goes, yes, not the cast drink stuff. Yeah, because he hadn't <laughs> eaten yet. <laughs> he's, like, it's like, it's like, no. 95, yeah. 95 proof. It, he's, so. he's just such a nice person. That was a really cool experience. I mean, going to Laws, they, like I said, they took great care of us, great hospitality. 
uh, tasted whatever we wanted to behind the back bar. We were able to come home with some bottles that are distillery select only. Um, they gave us some swag uh, and let us taste their cognac aged whiskey out of their folder. Yeah. That they it's like a Solera aged it's, steel. It's the they're about to have their second run through it. They empty half of it and then bottle it and then they add, add they bottle more. Half, but they bottle half of yeah. it and then they add other cognac finished whiskeys on top of that. So it's an ever evolving. Yeah. So some of the project. liquid in there has already been there for like eight years. That's that was so good. And they've only been around for ten. Just really unique. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about laws the whole night, right? Who? Who? Um, and Johnny's still been wearing the hat since we, we brought since our landed. We, yeah, we brought our equipment out to Denver, Colorado, and when we went to Old Elk, we thought maybe we'd record with them, but we forgot because we we're just having such a great time. Then we went to Laws. We said, "Okay, we brought this equipment all the way out here. We have to set it up. We have to record something." And you granted, were a champ. <laughs> granted, dude, this is the third day we've been out in Denver drinking whiskey. <laughs> So we set up in their like their Rick house with the thirty five hundred barrels, whatever it was, and uh, they they had this proper sort of like station where we they had three vertical barrels set up with glassware and all that kind of stuff. So I set up the podcast equipment there, and um, on the floor, on the floor, basically, <laughs> no table, no table around the barrels, around the barrel tasting. So what we were trying to do here is we were trying to um, record. The actual moment in which we're tasting a barrel to pick for the restaurant group, Bourbon and, and, the, and the process behind Bourbon it, Bourbon Hospitality, Hospitality Group, yeah, and the process behind it, like and like, the process behind it, right? Which I think is very interesting. So what we're gonna go through right now is kind of like some funny bits where like it, we just kind of set up the audio. Um, nothing was really happening yet. Uh, the mics were live, and uh, we um, just hit record. And these are some of the sound bites. So this first recording is um, these guys. I don't think I've heard it yet. No. So no. we're listening to it like live right now on the podcast. Um, this first recording is us talking into the mics for the first time after three days of boozing in Denver. Well, two recording. Two and a half. Yeah. Testing one two. This is badass. We're in the Rick House, about to drink a lot of whiskey. Great. This is about thirty-five hundred barrels sitting in here. Yeah. And I feel fantastic. I feel like it's permeating my skin, and I'm just getting drunk standing in here. Like I'm just, <laughs> just bathing in whiskey right now. Wish I wasn't so goddamn hungover. <laughs> <laughs> so that is literally the first audio recording, dude. Dude, thank God John came in there. At the yeah, end. right. Like, so we got we, we got all. We weren't the only ones. We have all of our <laughs> we got all of our equipment back from uh, Denver, and I set up. Uh, my computer and I start listening to the audio and that was one of the first sound bites I heard <laughs> after we got back. I thought that was like absolutely incredible. Gold, Johnny. Absolute oh my god. Gold. So then like we're just we're kind of just like struggling to get into the moment um uh of the of the of the tasting. I mean not really, but like we're just kind of like The moment was there. I think like the like the the willingness of like trying the sample for the third time was like <sighs> what? I don't think it was just that though, but that so we were all about like getting on the mics and we wanted people to like join us to join us. Yeah. So that that was kind of like the icebreaker oh, is that like moment, we were yeah. trying to figure out how can we get their employees to get it on the mic. They wanted nothing to do with it. I, I think it, I think it, if they had been given, uh, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But it, <laughs> what you got next, John? Oh, <laughs> it's it's uh, <laughs> the, the continuation of the struggle. Yeah. What did you just say? 
I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> the rye is super spicy at 119, but it had a nice, like, easy finish. Uh, but it's still a little punchy for me. What's your thoughts on it, Jan? I'm just trying to put it down at this point on the trip. What is, does it taste like Coors Light to you? It just tastes like uh, struggle. It tastes like struggle. We should nickname this this barrel the struggle bus. The struggle bus, John struggle bus. Oh, dude. <laughs> it continues on, but I was struggling myself personally. Like you guys were like fine, but this is my own struggle in my mind, so it continues. John, would this help you play pool later tonight? Yeah. I figure uh, I'll be a pool shark uh, by the end of this uh, trip. I still feel bad that I let you down missing the easiest eight ball corner pocket. You did. It was a really bad, it was the most unfortunate. Off the break, did I ran the whole table down to one ball. Yeah. And you couldn't finish it. I couldn't finish it. Yeah, that was, that was really embarrassing. John put up a dollar to play some randos in pool and he ran the entire table and I missed the, maybe the easiest shot I've ever taken in pool in my life. But the point of that is, not the pool part, but the fact that we're all like so like figuring out how to like to taste this whiskey and <coughs> function and the function. day after closing down the Ice House Tavern in Denver. So one of the funny things was um, when we first started recording was nobody kind of wanted to come up to the mics, um, but Mike would, and so this is a little montage of Mike just occasionally coming up to the mic and picking it up and talking into it. Oh, great. I don't know if my liver can handle any more whiskey. Carrots make a fun of me for wearing the safety glasses, and it's uh, whiskey uh, first, safety second. <laughs> That's not terrible. We haven't seen John in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Might be in the bathroom dead. I think he's trying to find rumplements. Yes. We got mad on the mic. That was it was like three different segments like that like um when I actually went through the recording it was like twenty minutes in between each of those like different like yeah like search for the when the spike went up the yeah, people yeah. were talking yeah you would come <laughs> on and just like pick up a mic and be like we have no idea where John is <laughs> like so Mike's Mike's on the microphone Matt's like listening on John's gone and I'm chatting it up if I if I can't nerd out then I'm I'm lost. John, I want to commend you for setting everything up and how you handled it. It was A++. I did it help, really was. I did help John set up the uh, microphone stands, which we did not use. No, the headsets. No, I did the microphone stands. Oh, that's I, right, because they were just laying on the barrel, and then yeah. he said you didn't need them? He mm -hmm. put them together and I had to take them down. They were not used. <laughs> <laughs> I did something. Perfect. My favorite part about this trip was to see 80 Laws. Him and I are in a hug relationship. Gary was hugging everybody. John can attest to this. I, I try to get some too. You got you plenty. Didn't get a hug? You got plenty. Of, you got yeah, plenty got of a, hugs. I got a picture of hugging them. Okay. Yeah. Spoon. So the no. no, those are mouth hugs. The my favorite part about this like whole like liquor world is like the relationship part. I think it's so neat. And Ad and I became friends the first time I met him. And when he came in the Rick House, I gave him a big hug. And um, and the fact that he like remembered me, which is even better. So we got to actually stand next to him, drink some whiskey, talk to him about his product and why he thinks it's special. Um, 
was really really cool. So <laughs> here's here's our little like snippet with him. So we're talking right now about like what we're deciding on what, what barrels to pick. Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear your thoughts on like how the barrel selections like get decided. Like why did you guys pick these barrels for us? Well, James does a great job in this. You probably should pro should probably have him on this. Um, but he's looking for something that's unique, that's off of slightly off of what our our batch flavor profile is. And here you have something that has once you cut it to 95 is a very fruity kind of a green fruit kind of hit to it. The other one, very um, like like vanilla more than caramel, I think. And so these are I agree with that. And they're light, both lighter bodied. So I think they were picked for, for those reasons and that they're not as heavy on the black tea notes. Okay. And there's just more, generally speaking, between the both, there's just more fruit. So now your master distiller just showed up. Is there going to be any whiskey left in these barrels to buy? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, uh, this is too early in the day for everyone to get, get too much into these things. being poured right now. Yeah. Did you get to try all the, the whiskeys at 95 to your knowledge? I tried both the bourbons. I haven't tried the rise yet. Okay. So, what, which one did you like? Oh, I like them. So if you were me buying it at 95, I would go, which one do I go? with the 2239. That's what that's, we were saying. That's what we were saying, yeah. yeah. It's more balanced to it. So it sounds right. like we're just as smart as AD. So, this I'm isn't about being smart. Name. This is about being... Uh, personally connected to your uh, your cortex and your taste buds so but like 2191 is very specific and it's it's got a, a peak in it right of yep. that green fruit and some people really go for that um i always like balance in my bourbon i, I think a lot of people do yeah well like you know we could be surprised at what some people pick on in terms of like looking for something really like off-brand or something really unique you see that in a lot of single barrels, I think. Even in like Blantons or something like that, there's a lot of ones that are just different, right? In your city, that you was interesting when we did our Blantons pick. How different all four of those barrels were? They were really yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, and like, and all of them qualified through their like um, their the, the, the testing, panel. the the panel that yeah. approves them. They all yeah. got approved, but they were so different. You're like, this is the same juice. Yeah, it's incredible. But that's the cool thing, right? Like, yeah. then you can, oh, I kind of like this. Like, I started this company based on. I love all these whiskeys, but can I make something that's different that I like with has all these elements of all these great Kentucky bourbons and, and other, you know, whiskeys from around the country or rise. And I'm like, oh, can we make something that's really good, but it's different than what's already out there? And the answer is yes. And even within our almost 5,000 barrels here, there's a lot of variants. Yeah. yeah. The and it's, you know, the, you're, we're standing right beside these stack of barrels. And, you know, it's, what is it, 70, 72 in here? If you get on a stepladder, it's, like, way hotter up there. And so that's, yeah, it's really affecting those top barrels, different than these two that we're standing in front of. And this of. is temperature controlled? It is. So every time we make a batch, we're going to move it along, and we'll rotate. Those top ones will come down, and the bottom ones will go up. So they'll try to get a little bit more. That's, uh, like, one of the most frequently asked questions I ever get. Like, do they rotate barrels? And the answer for me is like, it, it depends who they are. Yeah. It's, it's, we're not doing it's, it to dangerous. rotate them. Yeah. We're doing them just because we have to move them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to, we wouldn't take on that process just for the hell of it. We're, but we're, we are moving them along like a first in and first out kind of basis. Yeah. All the new ones come in here and they move down the line as we get there. And like we're picking batch 29 right now. In fact, I think they're, it's going to be picked today as far as which, which variant we're going to If you need use. help with that. 
Well, I'm sure they'll let you taste it. And like, if you need me to make the final decision, make the final decision. Yeah, I'm okay doing that. I don't <laughs> even need to be like be on your payroll or anything. But like to do that, but like a little bit, like the beak a little bit. Though. There's 106 barrels in batch 29. Right. And we've gone through over 300 to find the hundred. And then this, there's like less than 10 percent is going to be like 11 year old in it. So okay. those are not as many to pick from there. We're like, okay, these ones are going in it. So we were talking about something earlier than you weren't around yet, which is totally fine. But I want to hear you talk about this, especially because I think it's very interesting. A lot of craft distilleries, uh, I consider you guys still crafts. Like you're oh, yeah. still small enough to be that. I mean, makers try to call themselves craft, and that's it's ridiculous. Um, but uh, your normal blending process, you were going from like every year it gets a little bit more, right? So uh, tell us about like what you did, you know, 12 months ago to what we're doing now. Yeah, so a year ago, these batch sizes, would we would have just kind of moved them from 50-ish to like 75 to 80. Yeah. Maybe as high as 88. And then that's just from, like, we don't want to take all the, the barrels from that are quote-unquote available. And, and a significant portion of them get pulled out and said, these are now allocated to the bottled and bond program so they might be three and a half years old well they're pulled aside they're going to sit for another you know three four years and they're they're no longer available so we want to select from a, a much greater group so we can do that plus we you know every barrel isn't necessarily ready so some of them are like we rate them as you know plus or minus minus would mean yeah it's probably like six months behind plus is like oh it's six months ahead and we're looking for like this, this core flavor profile which we can find and pretty easily in most of them and that'll create the core of it so you know again you should probably ask james the specifics but something like 70 barrels will we'll make up the core of that which all we think taste in, in line with our flavor profile and then we'll take three or four variants will for the rest of them. the other 30 barrels will be different and then we'll sample them out at 100 milliliters at a time and then like here's the here's the here are, four, here are three other variants from just the, the core, and, and then everyone tastes through them. And they're, they're different. And so we will have one that'll go more to the spice side, so a little hotter, a little more tannic, a little more burny, and then we'll have one that will be really fruity, so it won't have that bite, and then something in between, and, and then we compare it to the, the previous batch. And they're not all the same, but we, we're going to make a purposeful decision on where we want, if we're going to tilt away from the the batch line or we're going to go, go a certain direction we're going to make that in a purposeful way so yeah. we're not just going to let it randomly happen that's that sounds like an absorbent amount of work it is a lot of work yeah 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 so they've been working on this for basically a month getting the barrels in to this point and they're they're ready to now put it into the tank they got most of the all the core barrels in the tank now now it's a it's a blind process there's like 15 people that'll yeah. We'll look through it and they'll say, okay, I like Q, I like X, I like whatever, and, and give their reasons. How do, you, how do you pick those people? Well, they're all on our production team. Like, nobody in our production team is sitting there, you know, twiddling their thumbs. They're, yeah. they're running their equipment. They are the master distiller yeah. or head distiller. Um, we have a head distiller. You see Sam's right here. Uh, but, you know, anyone who's running the equipment for laws, you know, is going to own it, right? And yeah. They're accountable to the team and they're accountable to me and uh, they all take it very seriously. I think that's really cool. Like the amount of like camaraderie that I see like around here, like whenever we walk into another employee, they're like, hey, what's up? Like, yeah. like we're excited. So like, I think that's very interesting as well too. Like it, it, look, it seems more like a, 
a 40 person family here than it is. It's village. Like a, yeah. That's what we call it. Yeah. yeah. So everyone's then, here, then production team. whether you're putting stickers on the bottle or whether you're making it or whether you're out selling it, um, you're all very integral part of the lost village. And yeah. Everyone depends on each other and everyone doesn't have a more important or less important job. Everyone's important to the whole thing. Raised by a village, man. Yeah, all these barrels. Johnny, John, Johnny has a question, man. So you got anything? Mike, Mike, Mike doesn't even care to talk to AD right now. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I was going to ask, um, before you started Laws, uh, what kind of business were you in? Like, have you always been an entrepreneur and starting kind of like these types of ventures? Or no, you I seem was, like a very uh, interesting interesting person that has a, has a, a full-on... Uh, thought process of how he wants to run a company. So, I just absolutely, yeah. We this nothing happens by accident here. Yeah. So, and it, we have we're following the same plan that we started out with almost 12 years ago. So we just continue to you know take our shots when we have the money, or, or and we but we methodically go about stuff. And we're only whiskey, so we're in a long game. So we started out this venture thinking this is a 20-year venture and we're halfway and I think we're on a great path and I came from you know, oil and gas industry so a lot of this like refining is the same thing as what we're doing just heat refining mash and <laughs> and things wash you want to put in your than, mouth not not things that you want to put in your car yeah, yeah. that's right yeah this is much better than and, and our barrels are worth way more than a barrel of oil so uh, yeah, that's for sure yeah but you know this is um this is a long business it's not you know, and we don't we don't you know, deviate to whatever's the you know the, the, the shiny you guys sparkly don't do thing besides whiskey too. Like yeah. I mean, it's, uh, a lot of places will like put out a gin and a vodka to keep the lights on, but no, 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 we're not interested in that. We, again, I, appreciate, I appreciate that. We just want to we want to stay focused, right? Yeah. And people here are whiskey geeks. You've met a lot of people; they're all whiskey geeks. So no, they all they're all nerds yeah. for sure. And I feel like and I'm fitting right they're, in. They're they're very much into it and. And like I said, uh, our, our production meetings are, are very, you know, from the white spirit, we go through every white spirit, have to grade it all. Very rarely do we go, yeah, this one's kind of weird or whatever. Very rarely does that ever happen, but we'll mark it. And so maybe it blends into something else later, or maybe it's become something, with, you know, from the beginning when it was off the still, we're like, oh, this is so weird. And then five years from now, it's like, oh my God, this is the most coolest thing. We I want to see. Can't your, replicate it, but. <laughs> I want to see your weird barrels. Oh well, and, and and I brought Mike brought the Dewalt drill. We can just yeah, absolutely. I'm ready for <laughs> that. Just Put me to work. Pop some holes. Can I clock in first? Yeah, so you're 10.99, so you're good. Oh, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> dude, man, this is a great experience. I really appreciate you guys coming, uh, letting us do this. But uh, these all taste really good. I'm I'm happy with all of them. But uh, Gary, so remember we were asking um, Old Elk the other day if they would hold a barrel for us for a certain amount of time. Oh yeah. Them, they said that they would do that but then you're it's almost you're like you're putting it at risk that it, the barrel might be in a valley of not so maturity and stuff it's going to shift yeah. the flavor so it yeah. might not be what we want later on too so just something to think about which is it's which is cool be like you know summer brine is like super cool winter <laughs> brine is more like chill mellow you know so. <laughs> it's all about brine i'll take I'll it take is all about I'll me take, really all the, the brine <laughs> yeah you could just barrel me up right now yeah shoot jeez kind of go with you yeah they in lake powell <laughs> the amount of like subtle like homosexual comments he made to me this weekend is incredible. That could have happened yeah. last night. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I feel like it could have happened. Yeah, to barrel me up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Easy barrels. There's not enough toothpaste in the world for that. Huh. Um, 
Let's hope you're editing this. It's going off the rails. <laughs> it, it always goes off the rails yeah. at some point. That's what happens when you drink a lot of whiskey. Yeah, I mean, what are you thinking about for the barrel now? Are you need a couple minutes to I'm think tossed. it over? I'm tossed. I, I'm between one at 95 and three riot cast strength. Yeah, I think the consensus, Johnny, did you, did you say, I know you were just trying to choke him down, but what, did you, what was your favorite one? <laughs> And that's not because it's bad juice. It's because uh, we had some rumplements last night. Yeah. Don't ask me. I'm struggling today, so I'm just, I'm just hanging right now. So, don't don't get my opinion. It seems like it seems like between you, Matt, and I, one is in the conversation at 95. Ad loved it too. So, yeah. I got to. I, I think we just picked that one. I think that that's the one for us. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna reach more people with the bourbon too. The rye is gonna yeah. be uh, 100% particular. Yeah. A little bit more right. versatile. Yeah. Making the cocktails. A lot Nin- more cocktail. Too, 95 yeah. proof will hold up in the cocktail nice. Well, and I think a lot of people so. who like whiskey a lot, yeah. like, I would say like 30% of them like, don't like rye. They only like bourbon. So, but we always talk about like, if that's the case, you haven't found the rye that, that's the one yeah, for but you like, because I'm, they're so different. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying to like change everyone's opinion I know, because they're doing a pick of rye. I understand that. I understand. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I agree. I'm not behind the bar every day at all four spots. That's true. Trying to sell that. That's true. You're not hand selling the, those. Yeah, I got, I got like six hours a week to be hand selling. Cool. Sweet. Well, I'm excited to sign that barrel. Ooh. Oh, look at that. Head is out. Sharpie. Johnny, have you ever signed a barrel head before when you picked a barrel? No, I haven't signed a barrel. If John doesn't have an opinion on the barrel, does he get to sign it? Uh, it's great. Okay, perfect. You're <laughs> signing it. Yeah. <laughs> That outfit is is A++, class act. They took great care of us. Um, Brian, all the way down from, all the way from the top from AD and talking to us on the podcast like we just rolled out to, to Lauren and the master distiller and then Brian, the rep. I mean, they just they just handled it and just took great care of us. So um, really, really cool experience. And uh, thanks to all those guys uh, when you listen to this um, to come on and uh, share your time with us. So, so come visit one of our restaurants Grab a laws pour. Get a get a pour of laws. Or wait a month and a half and try our single barrel. And the bottle's coming out. It's gonna be delicious. It is delicious. I can't wait. Johnny's Let's ready. go. I can't wait. All right, sweet. So last thing on the docket is customer of the week before we wrap this podcast up. It, it was so long ago that we brought it up. John just rolled um, up his sleeves. He's ready to go. <laughs> so all right. So you're taking care of six people. It's a nice big tab. A bunch of cash comes out and then two credit cards. The cash is, is told to you to become to come off the top, and then there's a remaining bill that's split between these two cards. I I immediately, when I hear that, I hate just it. Just cringe. I hate it. Cringe, because you know you're going to get boned. Yeah, hosed on that. So, so I think a lot of people who are listening probably now on the consumer end of things don't know why that would be an issue. So imagine a $200 tab. Well, first split off, six ways. Wait, first off, you'd rather have cash as a tip. So you want some of that cash? You want whatever cash is going in there to go toward the tip. So it does. It does. Yes, I agree with that, and that's a whole nother like customer of the week or a story yeah. for what we do. But all it takes is one person to say, "Hey, make sure that the total bill is tipped out appropriately, or fifteen percent, eighteen percent, twenty percent." All it takes is one person. But inevitably, in that group of six, nobody's paying attention. They're having a good time. They're having some drinks, chatting it up. Karen, Bam. what are you doing for your kids next year? <laughs> Bam! Cash goes down. Two cards are split. The remaining portion is split between two cards. Forty dollars on each card. Ten dollar tip, which is not a bad tip, 
uh, no forty dollars. I mean, I'll, I'll say but, that all day long. Right, but you're forgetting about the other. But it was like a three hundred dollar tab. Three hundred dollar tab, two hundred dollar tab, whatever. Twenty percent would have been or even 20, if it's 30 split, bucks now. Even if it's split 40, 40, 40, right? Like, and one person puts on forty. Okay, so it's a forty times one hundred twenty dollar tab. Yeah. So I put down forty down cash, split the rest on the two cards. So now, now I'm tipping ten on one. So I'm tipping forty dollars on a credit card on a hundred ten dollar tab. Bottom line is it takes one person in that group to just say, hey, 20% of the server, whether it's cash or put the gratuity on there or whatever. Yeah. But it just seems like 90% of the time when there's cash thrown down and a couple credit cards, you kind of bite it on the back end. That's a little rough. So we're just trying to educate people <laughs> as bartenders. Don't short the bartenders. But I get it why you know people are having a good time. They don't realize. They see the number 40, boom, 10 goes on it. But they didn't account for the fact that they didn't pay for other people's drinks. I did. I felt that so hard for like the first like I don't know, like ten or twelve years that I worked in the service industry, for like yeah. taking tips. Yeah. And then towards the end, I was like, they were starting pulling like cash and credit cards, and I would make a point and be saying like, it would be better for me financially if the tip was in cash. So if you want to take a portion of that and. Like if you can all pull it to that, and you're, you're all gonna tip anyway, like probably right. Yeah, and it, like hopefully, like, and like a like a like a little smirk. Uh, like if we just did a little bit more on the credit card, and then the the, the tip portion was in cash. At that point, when so I see the, that so going then down, they're, all, they're not looking at the, the total. I just try to split six checks, because then six people are gonna tip. Oh yeah. It, so then I'm no. like, if there's six of you, why don't I just split it up? I know what you had. Yeah. And if they're like, no, we got it all set up. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I'll bite that one. It it just it just stinks because. <clears throat> like I said, all it takes is one person, 20%, make sure that the bartender is taken care of. And honestly, when we bitch about this stuff, we're never going to say anything to the guests. We're professionals. Oh, no. We would not. never do that. That's not our. That's not who we are. We don't care about that. Um, and I will say this. I'm a tip karma individual that for every crappy tip that I've ever gotten, I've gotten a great tip. Like 20 minutes later. To, well, just to make up for it. Yeah. So I'm. I'm not worried about it. Still gonna get that those people or that individual. But if the original tip was like good, then you'd be like even better. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny's trying to play devil advocate. You're not supposed to do that. The bosses are listening. Fuck. (laughs) I think uh, it's tough to like call out like customers who are like not tipping appropriately, but not uh, tough. You just can't do it. Yeah, it's just not a. No, no. They're saying like right now, like because they 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 weren't. they're, They're they're trying to tip well. But they're the, yeah. but they're not they're not understanding uh, the entire. Bill. I don't think that anybody means ill will. Exactly, because they just still don't either know they're or they're not cognizant their, of the situation. On their own credit now that might be me thinking that the, the glass yeah. is half full. But Mike, what, what I was saying was is like somebody who, like you say, like if you get every shitty tip you get, you get a great tip. Yeah. But the person that gave the great tip is just basically you're saying is making up for the shit tip. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to give you a great tip, but all it is is making up for a shit tip. So it's not a good tip. No, it's just no. making up for a tip. That's not the way I see it, though. It I kind of is. No, it's though. a blanket statement. Not the way you're looking at it, but like it, it is what it is. But when I get a great tip, I don't say, oh, that makes up for the shitty tip that I yeah, got. I think before. he's rationalizing the bad I'm tip. I'm just saying that when I get that bad tip, I know later someone's going to take care of me on the back yeah. end. And I'm not com- I'm not putting them together. I'm not going to be like, oh, uh, my boy Mike gave me a great tip that makes up for Susan's shitty tip earlier. It's just, it always balances out. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. So. One way or another. In general, like, it all comes out even in the end. Yeah. And you shouldn't really ever look at, like, I had a manager when I first started serving who wouldn't let me look at the tips that I got 
for a table because you thought they would like um like affect my mood throughout the shift where was that at the very beginning at front street and when i was like a horrible horrible server uh and so um he said like we're only worried about the end of day sir, percentage sir, sir why are my tips always 10 percent seriously I'm picking the other 10 percent i almost i almost quit about 45 or 50 60 days in like I'm, I was like, this is I'm I'm not good at this. And then I finally clicked a little bit later. I got like my routine and stuff down. But he, he literally wouldn't let me look at the individual tips. He only was like, hey, today was you know a fifteen percent day. Uh, That's weird. Last week it was twelve, and every every week you're doing better. So how how was the system set up that you weren't the one entering the tips? I was, but he wouldn't let me like see like when when, when I pulled the check off the table after they signed it, I had to like walk it over to him and like put it in a little pile. So like he held on to my, my credit card slips. It just it, sounds shady. Yeah, it does. I mean, I got all, I got all the money cause it wasn't very much. Uh, the, well, the, the, the point was that, that that's it, also sounds shady. It wasn't, well, no, cause it wasn't very much cause it was, I wasn't, my, my, my percentage, my percentage was bad. Uh, so the, he the, was the motivating was, you. Yeah. The point was like, don't let someone's, bad gratuity like ruin the rest of your oh, shift 100 yeah so i think th- that, that's the most point point. and you gotta have a short memory with that stuff agreed because because it'll come back to you right promise it <laughs> uh, i there, there was no there was no foul anything on that i got you i got you all right let's uh let's wrap this podcast up we've had a good one um johnny anything else you want to follow up with no man. gary you got anything john's ready to go let's go all right, sweet. Um, thanks for joining us, guys. Um, shout out to AD Laws. <coughs> shout out to Old Elk. I'm sorry. Shout out to Laws Whiskey House in Denver. Shout out to Old Elk in Fort Collins. Badass places. Everybody drink more of their whiskey. It's really, really good. Uh, everybody drink responsibly. Uh, check out our live show that we're going to roll out February 21st. Lots of good details coming up on that. Let's go. Uh, we're going to get together in two weeks, and so we're going to uh, review some more stuff and talk more about some more good beer and whiskey, and hopefully somebody drops something off internationally for us. Chuck, we're looking at you. Take another trip. Let's go, Chuck. Bring us some more Come stuff. Come on, Chuck. Now, dog. Come on, now, dog. Come on, now, dog. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. We really appreciate you guys. Until the next time. Love you. Peace. Later. First of all, we'd like to thank our listeners, our families, and friends that support us. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends about us. Big thanks to our producer, Johnny, and the Underground Studio. Also, a shout-out to Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rockin' music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. This is Mike at the Rick House at Law's Whiskey House in Denver. This is not a bust. We have success.